Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Our guest today is Ted DiBiase. He's a WWE Hall of Fame professional wrestler, best known for his role as the villainous million-dollar man of the WWF. Today, after authoring a book about his life entitled Every Man Has His Price, Ted is a full-time evangelist and motivational speaker, officially ordained into the ministry. He speaks all over the world. Ted is married to his wife, Melanie, of 31 years, and they have three sons, Michael, Ted Jr., and Brett. With his son, Ted Jr., they have founded and run Heart of David, a ministry that reaches out to at-risk young men. They have a new documentary out called The Price of Fame. It's available on DVD and the website, priceoffamemovie.com. I am pleased to welcome Ted DiBiase Sr. to Unpacking It. Ted, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm great, man. How are you today? I'm doing well and and really fired up to to talk with you today. And, and basically, we're going to just kind of go through your story a little bit and and kind of let people know that that, that, that followed you, the, the, the true story but behind the, the Million Dollar Man, and then for, for those that, that may be new to, to you and to your story, uh, kind of get the, the full scope of the rise and fall. And so it's, it's gonna, the, the documentary is fantastic. Encourage everybody to watch it, and we'll get a little glimpse today on the show. But let, let's begin with, at, at the, the height of your fame and popularity as the Million Dollar Man, what did your life look like? Uh, it was, it was in, uh, and it was kind of like, uh, in hyperdrive. Um, that was an unbelievable, uh, we had been wrestling when I got into wrestling, wrestling was done on a very regional basis. Uh, in the early days of the WWF, the, the WWF was the East coast from like Maine to, uh, to Washington, DC and as far West as Pittsburgh. And so it was regional and territorial, but Vince McMahon came along and started WrestleMania and it became national and then international. And, and so now, now we're traveling around like literally like rock stars. And, um, I mean, I mean, grueling. I mean, when I first, when I first started, uh, I would, I would be on three, three straight weeks, 21 days, 21 cities. And then I'd go home for a week and then I'd do it again. And then they changed it to 10 days on and three days off and then four more days on and three days off. But anyway, you look at it, I was only home with my family six days a month. Mm. And it was just, it was just, it was grueling. And, uh, I got caught up in it. Um, uh, you know, people look at fame and think, oh man, you know, that's awesome. You know, you, you go everywhere, everybody recognizes you, you walk into a, a Coliseum and everybody's shouting your name. I said, and it's true. And it is an adrenaline rush, but what they don't see is when you leave there and you go back to a hotel in a town you're not familiar with, and you're looking at four walls and a television set night after night, after night, after night, that becomes a very lonely place if you don't have your family and if you're not grounded. And, um, and so that's when you, you know, you saunter down to the bar and have a beer and it turns into two and three. And, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that have become alcoholics and drug addicts and what have you. 
I did my share of that mess, but I never was addicted mm. to anything by the grace of God. Uh, but what, what my downfall was adultery, mm. um, at the top of my game, um, WrestleMania eight took place in March of 92 in Indianapolis, Indiana. The night after that event, I, uh, I partied all night, uh, into the wee hours, um, caught a plane to Detroit, checked into the Marriott hotel, went to a payphone to call home and check in with my wife. This is before we were all carrying cell phones and I was confronted with adultery. And I said, I don't want to talk about it on the phone. I'll be on the next plane home. And she said, no, you won't, you don't live here anymore. Click. And in, a, in an instant, I would, I realized this, 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 I mean, it's like a shiver went through me. You know, scripture tells us whatever we do in darkness will be revealed in the light. It's not a question of if, it's just a question of when. Mm. And when it happens, you see it and you see yourself for who you really are. And it's ugly. And uh, I, I, I realized that moment that I had put at risk the most precious things in my life. The love and devotion of a committed wife as well as the future and the stability and the well-being of my children. Mm. Uh, I didn't have an unhappy marriage. I wasn't one of those guys who was just not happy with anything. I was happy. I was what I was feeding was an ego. Mm. And, and, uh, it was, I mean, it doesn't get any uglier than that. And I mean, uh, uh, and I, when I looked at that, I realized what an unbelievable fool I had been. And, um, it was instant remorse. It was, um, I believed that I was going to, and just justly lose it all. Um, but my wife's an incredible person. Uh, my wife's, uh, also someone who is very grounded in her faith. She, she, she did have a very mature faith in God. And, uh, um, through this confrontation, uh, one of the things that she said to me was, she goes, in spite of what you've done to me, you're a great dad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin that. And, um, so they don't know about it. They don't know anything about this until they're old enough to understand it. And, uh, that was wise. That was wisdom on her part. And, you know, she would tell you today as she does when we go and speak together, um, I could have easily run to the world and heard what I wanted to hear, divorce the mom, take everything he's got, Mm. or I can run to my friends, my Christian friends who are going to give me sound counsel. And, uh, and, and Melanie could have very easily have forgiven me and still left. She had the right to do that. But she said, I serve a God of restoration, not divorce. Oh, wow. And because I love Jesus, and she said, I'm not doing this for you, Ted, because you don't deserve it. I'm doing it out of what I believe is obedience. But this still small voice in my heart says, give you another chance. I'm going to try. And uh, the next two years were grueling. Uh, two years of a man trying to prove himself and two years of a woman trying to forget. But as my wife began to see that the priorities in my life shift, and you know, she'd get up and see me at the kitchen table at six o'clock in the morning with a cup of coffee and my Bible open and a devotional, and then another devotional and another devotional. And she she watched me start leading my my family in prayer and leading my family to church, and um, and then saw the shift. She realized now that I had placed God number one in my life. And then my family. And the third thing on the, on the, on the pole was my job where my job had been everything before, because that was feeding my ego. Mm. You know, God has restored me. God has restored my family and the relationship with my, my wife today is absolutely unconditionally my very best friend. 
And only God can do that. And, uh, you know, and the, the documentary tells the story, uh, you know, it tells not only that story, but, you know, my, my, my upbringing, uh, I had a, I had a wonderful stepfather who came into my life when I was five. I lost him when I was 15, Mike DiBiase. And, uh, uh, and I, and I watched, you know, I, I ended up in a little town in Wilcox, Arizona with big dreams of college and professional football and wrestling and, and, uh, nothing to do in that little town on weekends except party. But I, I didn't because of the, the values that my father had instilled in me. And the other thing he did was he took me to church. Mm. So I had a childlike faith in God and, and I stuck, I stuck to my guns. Uh, and I, and I got first kid ever graduate from this little school with a scholarship to play division one college football. But when I got to college, that's where everything went astray. That's where, that's where the pride of life uh, uh, came in and my ego took over. And I tell men this all the time. Ego is spelled E-G-O. It'll always edge God out. That's right. And uh, uh, so uh, that's what it was. That's what drove me for those 20 years. And, you know, I had a, I was married previously. I got married the first time when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was, I had no, I had no direction. I had no father speaking uh, into my life anymore. So I was, I was really kind of lost and, but yet Melanie comes into my life, Christian girl, uh, and, and we, and we married. So I tell everybody, I said, you know what? I blew my first marriage. I, I, I failed to graduate from college by a year because I started wrestling and just kept going. And I feel like God said, okay, Ted, go, go ahead, go get all those things you think you want. I'm going to let you have them. Mm. Go become that big famous wrestler you want to be and find out what life is like there without me. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and so I found out, I, I found out that it's meaningless. I mean, that, I mean, I was at the pinnacle of my success and I mean, literally traveling the world in Lear jets and limousines, uh, you know, action figures in the toy stores, video games, all that stuff that I never dreamed that I would have. Yep. And in that moment, when I realized that I, that I, that I believed at least that I was going to lose the most important things in my life, I realized how empty and meaningless it all is. Um, and, uh, it's, again, to quote Jesus, and I can't remember exactly what scripture this is, but he says, store for yourself treasure in heaven where neither rust nor moth break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Yeah. So that's why I ask men all the time. Now, where's your treasure? Right. What, what is, what are you really, what are you really working for? Are you working to satisfy the flesh or, or, or to please God? Because God has a plan for all of us. And it's like, you know, we talk about committing our life to Christ before we can commit it. We have to surrender it. That's right. And that's what I had failed to do on two different occasions. I had made attempts to, uh, to re- reconcile myself to God, but I kept wanting God on my terms, not his. Ooh. And it doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Ted DiBiase, our guest right now on unpacking it, the million dollar man, WWF uh, Hall of Fame wrestler and 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 just the 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 legend that he is, but the story behind uh, really his his rise and, and fall and, and restoration uh, is documented in the the new film, The Price of Fame. Uh, it's available on DVD, PriceofFameMovie.com. And and so you you describe this uh, th- this emptiness and. And, and I can't help but think about how really the million dollar man was a created 
character, yet this became your identity and, and who you were in the ring, but also out of the ring. And, and I think so many times all of us can relate in some regard just to the identity struggle that we have and, and, and who we're trying to be and all that sort of thing. But, but, but can you speak to that a little bit, just how, how challenging that was to, to live this part of your life where you're, you're all consumed in being the million-dollar man and living up to the expectation, the hype, and, and what has been created for you? Well, it's hard to explain. I mean, and and I don't really think that I, it wasn't like I became the, 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 the character. Um, it was, I mean, because my, my wife would tell you that, uh, again, when you're, when, when you find yourself in the public like that and as often, and then, and then even to a greater deal now, now it's like wrestling had risen to such a place where now I was much more visible wherever I went. And, uh, and so she said, when I would, when, when I would come home and I'd get off the plane and get in the car and we'd be driving home, she said, she could tell that there was like a place in there, like within 10 or 15 minutes of us leaving the airport that she said, my shoulders would relax. And it was like, I, I you know, I, I, I took the guard off. Mm. Um, the, um, it wasn't so much that I lived out the character, uh, but what I was caught up in was the ego. It was, you know, you know, it's kind of like the look at me, I'm a star, um, type of deal. And, uh, and that's what I was caught up in. You know, it was, it was the, it was the ego. It was the image and, uh, and all that. And I just realized that it's like, I tell people today, I said, you know, I have, I, I could care less about being famous. Hmm. I said, the only thing fame does for me today it's, it's the platform God. And I tell people this while I was running hard and fast away from God, he was building the platform I stand on now. Wow. Because wow. when people look at me now and they go, you're Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. I don't bow up and stick my chest out and go, yeah, man, look at me. I'm a hall of famer. I use it to point to Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm now, I'm now doing, I'm now doing God's will in my life and I'm using what he's given me not to glorify myself, but to bring glory and recognition to him and to tell people, if God will do this for me, he'll do it for you. Amen. I love that. Well, and, and so with that, as you go out and share your story, what has been the, the reception from either current wrestlers or, or guys even that, that maybe you wrestled with as well? But, but how do they maybe listen to you, and, and what has that impact been like from your perspective? Well, some of it has been good. I mean, it's kind of like at the beginning, uh, you know, when I told everybody, hey, you know what, guys, I, I'm, not, I'm not going with you to the bars and all that stuff, and I've given my life to Jesus Christ. A lot of guys, you know, some guys didn't say anything. Uh, and then, of course, you know, word always gets back to you because uh, it travels fast. I think a lot of guys just thought, you know, you know what, you know, he's, he's almost lost his marriage and he's just trying to salvage his marriage, but he'll be back. Mm. I think that's what a lot of them thought. And I'm glad they didn't hold their breath waiting. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, uh, but over time, you know, that's just it. It's over time. People, they see the change. And I remember, uh, Dusty Rhodes was one of the guys that said it, and and and, and Roddy Piper. God bless both of them because they both they both died and gone to the Lord. But um, mm. um, 
You know, it's just, he's, they both said the same thing. They had seen other guys see this and talk about it, but they both said the same thing. They said, but we, we watched Ted long enough, long enough to know he's the real deal, mm, man. You know, uh, and so that was comforting. And, and there's other guys that, um, uh, the road warriors, Hawk and animal, uh, that's what, you know, uh, they're two guys that were guys that wrestled it in my time. And, uh, uh, you know, one of them, uh, whose name is Joe Laurinaitis, you know, he got, he got saved and I didn't have anything to do with, with his, but, but we, we invited his partner out to this athletes conference in Phoenix. And as a result, he got saved and, uh, Georgie animal steel, who is, he did an interview in my documentary and, and George has gone on to be with the Lord. And in the documentary, and I didn't know it until I watched it on the documentary. Yeah, yeah. He said, I came to, you know, I, I lived in Florida, and I came to hear Ted speak. And he says, at first, I'm going, yeah, 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 another one of these stories. And he says, but the longer he spoke and the more, and the more transparent and vulnerable he was, I realized this guy was for real. Mm. He says that it changed. It was the beginning of, of a, the, a change in my own personal life. And so he was saying that his salvation started with hearing my story and, um, which I never knew. And so there were, there, there've been other guys whose lives have been touched. Uh, um, Sean Michaels is another guy who got saved. Uh, uh, his started uh, with, you know, through his, through his wife, like me, but then, you know, again, I invited him out to the same conference I go to every summer and oh, I did for a while. And, um, there's several guys down that are wrestlers. Uh, some of them, oh, Sting. Sting's another guy. Yeah. Sting would tell you that there were a, a number of things. You know how God has his way of getting your attention. Something happens here. Something happens here. Something happens here. And you start putting the, you start connecting the dots and you start going, oh, okay, God, I, I better, I better, you know, straighten up and listen. So Sting would tell you that I was one of the steps in that process for him. So there have been several guys who, whose lives that I have, you know, directly impacted, but I, I would guess that there are probably many more that, you know, I'll never know because I tell people, I tell men this all the time. I said, live your life before God, you know, live your faith before people. And that's the greatest witness you can give is the way you live your life. Amen. Not what you say. Amen. No, I love that. And, and I think it's so crucial because the, the people that knew you before and could see the life change, that's that's where the impact really takes place and it's evident. And so like you talked about, I think we can relate to that in our own lives because people are watching us and, and as God changes our heart and transforms our lives, people people can see that and, and take notice. We're talking with Ted DiBiase here on Unpacking It, The Million Dollar Man. Uh, you got to check out the documentary. It's called The Price of Fame. It's available on DVD. You can go to Price of Fame Movie dot com and 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 there was a line in the documentary that i thought was was very powerful and and it came from pastor hale who who had a big impact on on your life and one aspect of that story that i thought was was really neat was just how unconditional he he was towards you and just loved you unconditionally um but then also he he said this he said that that you became changed when you became broken and and so I, I think that's just so powerful. What what does that mean to you, and and how do you describe it from your perspective? As he was kind of talking about it from you know from his his side of things. Well, that was very important, you know. And Hal's you know Hal's been a friend 
for so long. Uh, I mean, I met Hal in a gym in Baton Rouge uh, right after I married Melanie. And he walked up, introduced himself, and he said, I have one question for you, Ted. Do you know Jesus? He's a pretty bold guy. But that started a friendship and a relationship, but it was pretty lopsided for those, for 10 years because, you know, when I started getting uh, famous and famous and doing all the stuff, the last person I was going to call was a preacher. Mm. But the thing about Hal is Hal just stayed in contact with me constantly. Every now and then I'd get a phone call. Uh, anytime I was in that area, he'd come, he'd come and see me and go to the show and we'd go out and eat. But what he didn't do, he didn't beat me up with religious questions. What I realized Hal did was for 10 years, he showed me unconditional love. Mm. And he told me when I called him in my darkest hour, I didn't call my pastor at home. My pastor at home was a great guy, but I didn't have a relationship with my pastor like I had with Hal. And I knew when I called Hal, he would do anything to help me. And Hal said this, he said, Ted, I've been praying for you ever since we met. And here has been my prayer. He said, dear God, I know one day Ted's going to hit the wall. And when he does, let me be there for him. Oh, that's cool. And man, he, he was the guy. And, uh, when I look back at that, it almost brings tears to my eyes. Cause when I realize that where God places these people in your life and you don't even know that he's setting you up for salvation. That's right. right. Orchestrating it all. One, one moment, one yeah. person at a time. Draw, drawing us to yeah. himself. So, man, it's it's such a great story, Ted, and, and really appreciate uh, what you're doing for the Lord today and, and speaking around the world and sharing your story. And so thanks so much for, for sharing uh, a part of it with us today. And, and I hope that people will check out the documentary to really see the restoration taking place in your family that, that I, I assume is ongoing. Uh, but it's called The Price of Fame and some some really just uh, heartfelt conversations that take place in this documentary are very moving. And, and so, Ted, I just wish you the best, and, and, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for the time, and, and God bless you as well. And, uh, you know, the documentary, uh, it's, doing, it's doing good. And, uh, gosh, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stories coming as a result of the people that have seen it that, uh, um, you know, uh, that I could share, but we don't have the time. I know that uh, uh, it's available on iTunes. Uh, it's available on uh, Amazon and it's available on DVD, both at the website and at Walmart. Walmart's carrying it all over the country. So uh, that's pretty cool. That, that's awesome. Priceoffamemovie.com. And, and thanks again. And, and we'll, uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you again soon. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.